Hey friends, welcome to the Great Day Podcast. I'm your friend and host, Mayor Kay. And today we have someone who fills up the room with passion and energy. And by gosh, I know that after you hear this podcast episode, you'll be filled with that too. But before we jump into that, let me say a big thank you to kosherwine.com, today's sponsor. Kosherwine.com is the world's largest kosher wine retailer. They elevate all the occasions, l'chaim to life, from Shabbos to Yom Tov to meals to weddings, whatever it may be, over 50,000 customers trust them and love them, and you could join that family too. You could use for, for a limited amount of time a coupon, Mayor K. Coupon Mayor K will get you 5% off any order at kosherwine.com. And be sure to skip the schlep from the store because all cases of 12 and above will ship for free directly to your door with contactless delivery. So they think about every single aspect of this experience, and it's an incredible one. Thank you so much, kosherwine.com. So today we have Charlie Harari on the podcast. Charlie Harari is driven by the belief that the potential for greatness resides in each and every one of us. By integrating wisdom found in science, psychology, and spirituality, he believes each person can live a more fulfilling life and in turn impact the world. Charlie co-founded H3N Company, a multi-million dollar venture capital and advisory firm. Previously, he was a first vice president and legal counsel at RXR Realty, a billion dollar real estate firm in New York. Charlie is a lawyer, sought after motivational speaker, and a mensch in every sense of the word. It's an honor to share with you today's podcast with Charlie Harari. All right, Charlie Harari is on the podcast. This has been a long time coming, and I am truly honored and privileged to, that you're making the time to see me today. So thanks so much. How are you doing, Charlie? It's, I'm doing amazing. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on with you. Amazing. Awesome. Awesome. I, I, for a long time coming, a lot, of, uh, a lot of people who've been listening to the podcast have been saying, please get Charlie on. We love his <laughs> charisma, his wisdom, and his ex- execution when it comes to uh, storytelling and lessons. And it's, it's quite incredible. Is this something that you've, from a very early on, like, did you cultivate this public speaking uh, skill? Is this something that, you know, someone in your family has and it's just genetics? What, how did you uh, go about building on this incredible talent that you have? Thank you for saying that. And thank your audience for, for wanting me to be on the show. Honestly, it's really just whatever God puts in. Like when, when I'm up there, I am constantly aware of how little I am, or at least trying to be aware of how little I am. And really it's whatever he puts in. So there's a, I find personally public speaking to be more of who you're not than who you are, if that makes sense. Hmm. What, right. Can you expand upon that. Meaning, there, there is a little bit of, listen, everything comes from God. So, so, so whatever you have inside you is, is something that I believe was given to you. You got to work it and cultivate it. And I don't mean to say that you just get up there and just wing it. I'm, I'm a big fan against winging things. Um, you have to work at whatever you have and, and make sure that you're doing the best that you can. So there's a lot that goes into the behind the scenes that people don't realize. Um, a lot of time goes into speech prep. A lot of time goes into picking stories that work. Um, I, I go through stories in my head sometimes, I don't know, like dozens of dozens of times. 
until do you even like, enjoy do you even enjoy a story now like for me for example if i'm watching a film because i'm in the i'm in the film industry like i start dissecting scenes and where they cut and, and start analyzing where could i use this in my own like do you actually sit, sit back and re- enjoy someone who's speaking and, and storytelling that or is it all just in your head like oh i could use that and nitpick at this oh yeah nitpicking and it's terrible sometimes because a guy will be telling a story and like he's wonderful and i'm like why is he no 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 no. you're missing (laughs) it you're off like yeah when you spend enough time trying to think of stories and trying to think of also you you, if you're trying to think of like lessons and how they fit and like how it all puts together and and again I, i believe it's whatever god puts in but if you're able to really spend time in it totally you end up listening and going like no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, you, you, <laughs> Hold you, the pause a bit longer. Yeah. I'm lost. I'm lost. Or, or better, I'm like, you hear someone talking, you're like, wait, wait, that was amazing. Like, and the guy's like, well, I didn't show like, like, so you really mm. get it. But it takes a while. Like, it takes time. Many takes- times. I would tell sometimes a speech. I kid you not. Every time I'd give a speech, like a dozen times more. And then, like, people are like, don't you get sick of it? I'm like, no, because. I, I meet the story again. Like you meet the mm. characters again. Then you learn about the characters in your story that you didn't even know were there. Yeah. And like, that's it. It's not about the, I thought we were talking about that guy, but that's the guy that everyone's nodding at. Like, that's the guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so this people get, people make mistakes in thinking that someone just gets up and talks. It's not true. People are preparing and thinking and, and, and analyzing for, for hours, like Bob Dylan once said, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success, right? It takes sure. a long time. And then there's the piece, which is really the piece of being less, which is as much as you're prepped, as much as you're ready to roll, there's a, there's, there's a piece of you that just doesn't know what's going to happen. And when you're up there, if you fight that, that, that thought, that feeling, that intuition, you're missing it. Because you have to trust that there's something bigger out there. And when you're in the middle of, I'm sure you see this all the time with your work, when you're in the middle of something and something comes up that you've never thought of before, that's really where you've got to have the, the, the faith to, to lean into that. Yeah, that's where like, the magic happens, you know, yeah. when, when that, in that in spontaneity, in that, in that flow state, where you're like, wow, this is all happening, I'm feeling this, and I think it's a real energy when you're public speaking, you could really sense something from the crowd, reading the crowd and seeing where, the, where it is that they sort of, where they want to go, what they really need to hear. Do you get, um, I'm sure... I'm sure people come to you all the time pitching you stories and, and Hey, I think the world needs to hear this. I, and correct me if I'm wrong. Is that something that you do experience that time from time to time? Yeah. From time yeah. to time I get that. You do know? you appreciate it when someone just gets straight to the point or do that give you the th- whole theatrical, you know, vibe like Charlie and they start using their hands and their emotions. Are you like, come on, yeah, let's tell me this. what's the point. I'll decide if I use this or not. Well, how do you, how do you appreciate that? So it's, it's the person they, I appreciate when people are, are, are enthusiastic. Um, and I, I, I appreciate emotion from people. I, I, I like when people have passion. I feel like it's important in today's day and age, people to be passionate. Um, and I, I think I, I use very few stories because um, I don't know, I, I, they have to, it's not just whether they're good stories or not. It's whether they're, they're, they integrate with who you are. And that's a difference, meaning it's not, a, it's like, I'm sure you see this with the films you do or it, with the, the things we read or the things we study. It's not a question of whether or not something is good. It's a question of whether something is yours, mm. whether you, you, you attach to it. 
And there are some people tell me stories or, or ideas or, 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 or lessons from, from Torah. And like, they'll say it and they'll get excited about it. And I'm excited for them. It just doesn't belong to me. Like my soul didn't attach to it. And then someone will tell me something sometimes like just like on the side and I'll be like, what'd you say? And it would, and, and I go home and I think about it. And like in my head, the story just explodes and there's so many more characters, so much. And then I go back to them and I'm like, they're like, not really. It didn't all happen. I'm like, why didn't that happen that way? Like it should have been that way. Cause it was the one line comment, but it was a piece of me, like something it's stories and narratives are, in my opinion, they're, they're things that are mechanisms for you to uncover that which is in yourself. And that's the power of story. That's the power of great stories. And people that don't get it, don't get it. There are people that think that stories are like sort of intellectually inferior to like, like stats. You know what I'm saying? There are people like this that are like, you know, like a stat is more important than a story. You know, these types of people. Sure, 100%. They want, they want the data. They want the data. Yeah, the data. And, and I love them. And, and there's a piece of me that comes from that world, but there's a bigger piece of me that comes from the world that what a story really is, a story is a garment for a virtue or for a principle that is nestled within us that doesn't have a mechanism to get out and for us to see. And someone tells that story and they reach into us and they mm-hmm. pull it out and they show it to us. And you look at it and go, that's it. And when you uncover that, the whole world's open. Mm. It's tremendous. And here I am just saying, as, as you do that, and and I'm, I don't know if you're conscious of it anymore, but the way you, you know, you fluctuate your voice and you pause and you use your hands and those who are listening, I'm sorry, you're, you're missing like half the experience with Charlie because (laughs) half the experience is him. He's like sweating after he does a performance. He's, he's invested. He's invested. I still remember the first time I saw you in action was with my aunt, shout out to to Basi Deitch um, because she loves you. And and uh, we were at this, I think, a Hanukkah retreat. And it was incredible. I think it was one of my first times seeing someone in the Jewish world public speaking. And I was amazed by your performance and truly nailed it in all aspects. And, of course, afterwards coming over to you and, 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 sh- and sh- expressing my, my thanks to you. Because you, t- you take us on a journey when you go and you share. So it's quite incredible. Which segues me into my next thing, which is, which is so interesting. You find, I find you to be a hybrid within the commu- this, this Orthodox Jewish community. Like you, you don't come off as saying... You're like a, a, a rabbi or, or, you know, you go by Charlie. There's no, you know, you are who you are. And yet, even when you talk, you do infuse some Torah, you infuse, you, you infuse some Judaism, of course. But then you also like bringing this whole motivational type of feeling. People are feeling energized and passionate after you leave. How do you, like, how do you cultivate this balance between Torah, motivation, keeping it kosher for the Jewish community and, and combining all these worlds into one? It's really a, the answer is I don't know, but it's, it's just trying to be me. I'm just trying to be me. I'm just trying to be me. And I, you know, I, I'm, I don't find myself able to fit cleanly anywhere. I don't think I've ever been able to fit cleanly anywhere. And when I grew up in the schools that I went to, like you can ask my mom how many times she was invited to the principal's office because Charlie just didn't fit neatly into the boxes that they wanted me to fit into, you know, those types that like, yeah. I don't, I, I remember when I was young and I, I watched somebody get up and I should, Oh, I hope and pray that I'm always able to do this. And like, I remember going up to him and saying, I want to, I want to do that one day. And he said to me, he said, are you a rabbi? And I said, no. He goes, well, are you going to be a teacher? I said, no. 
he goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to be, a, I want to be a lawyer. So he goes, oh, why don't you go out and make a lot of money and you can pay for guys like me to do these things? What? Like, no, no, I, I'd like to do that too. And he's like, are you going to be a rabbi? I'm like, no. He goes, are you going to be a teacher? I said, no. I'm like, why don't you go out and pay? And, and I'm like, we're going on a merry-go-round here. And I don't think that's how, no, I, I believe strongly that rabbis are the bearers of wisdom that require the time and the energy that they put in it that other people don't, right? You can't compete with somebody whose life is immersed in wisdom because they have more wisdom and you can't compete with a teacher who's been doing it. But I don't think that God intended people to be in boxes. You know, like if you look at the forests, there's no boxes. There's only boxes on streets. Like only we make squares. God doesn't make squares. Like, you know, the fruit boxes that you put in your cabinet are made by man. The, the, the sizes of the fruits that, that God doesn't, I don't think he runs the world this way. I think he runs the world with jagged and edges and, and big shapes and little shapes and reds and greens. And, and I think what he wants from us is just go out there and be you. And if, and, and if someone doesn't like you because you don't have the title, then like, okay. But now I happen to love science and, and, and psychology and sports and motivation. And I love Torah. And I think that God is the, the, the center of the world. And I, I don't see them different. I, honestly, I don't see Tom Brady's greatness as being principally different than other things in this world. It's just, if you, if you break it down and we share principles and that's just me. And I hope I get to talk about it. But, I, and, and I think that, that if you, I don't know. I'm just trying to be me. And, and I, I think that's, that's my goal. And I think, honestly, Mayor, your greatness, if I can say, is you're you. And I think people get that from you. I think when we watch you, what we see is Mayor. And, we, <laughs> and, and when you're dancing or when you're sharing wisdom or when you're making someone's life better, I don't think you're doing it. In a, and I know you're not doing it in a way that's like, this would get views. You're doing it like, I really am this guy and I love this stuff. And I, I want the world to... And, and he comes across on screen because you're you. And I, I feel like people need to be them, but they need to delve and, and to respect wisdom. And, but at the end of the day, each one of us is a lens with a different shade color. And if the light flows through our lens and it's a little bit different, I think that's what makes the world special. Spoke said so well, and I of course I could I totally connect and relate to what you're saying about trying to be fit into a box. I mean, in a world of black and white, literally with white shirts, black pants, I was uh, I felt very much of color, and it was finding it was a journey of finding one's place, my place in in that whole world, and it was it was through people who appreciated the, the difference and, and, and were able to say, wow, you're passionate about this. Why don't you delve a bit deeper? And this is a reason why you're passionate about this. There's a reason why God gave you certain gifts, not to, you know, not to shove it into a closet, but to expand upon it, use it in a way that will benefit others. So uh, uh, totally hundred percent all my life. It's I've been, been told like, okay, so how do you label yourself? What's this bio going to look like? And it's like, what do you mean? I don't want to be limited to just one creative pursuit or one title. I, yeah. I want to be a filmmaker, an actor. I want to write a book. I want to public yeah. speak. I want to do yeah. all these things. There's so many avenues to connect with people and share the message of, of God and connection and, and spirituality. And yeah. you know, why, why just, you know, why limit yourself to just one title? So yeah, I, totally. I can totally connect with, with what you're saying totally. there. And, and, and you did touch on this idea of passion. What, what, what you love so much is when someone comes over to you, not necessarily with the story, but how they share it and how passionate they are. And passion really fuels the world. For those who are listening right now, Charlie, 
what is a, a few ways to, to discover what is one passionate about? We, we sometimes fall into this hamster wheel of life, this way of being and living and perhaps surviving, less thriving. How can one figure out, take a moment and say like, wow, this really inspired, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what yeah. fuels me. Yeah, great question. What an amazing question. We could talk about this forever. This is, this is, you're hitting on of the most important questions that I think people are struggling with today because today we have everything, but we don't feel it. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, what's blocking passion. Here's how I see it. We're born to be passionate. You don't see a bunch of three-year-olds hanging around a park going like, man, this is boring. Like who has an iPhone? You know what I'm saying? Like you don't see, you know, kindergarten kids looking at their teachers being like, when's it five o'clock? watch little kids. It's all passion, right? Me, you, and everyone listening was three. And when we were three, we were rocking. We were, we were beating, breaking something, doing something. We, we were passionate. So our natural state is spiritual and spirituality is a passion. It comes to this world and it's on fire. So we were born to be passionate. Hmm. Along the way, we put these blocks over this fire that blocks us. One major block to passion is speed. Oh. When you operate super quickly, you don't have the time to delve into something deeply. If me and you are talking right now and my brain is going, I got to do this, I got to do that. Where am I later? Where am I later? Where? I can't even, I can't have a conversation with you. So when you're talking, I'm not fully hearing you. I'm not in this conversation. So when you're talking, I don't have a, a deeper connection than just trying to make sense of your words. Psychologically, this is called mental schema. Spiritually, this is uh, an aspect of delving into something deeper. When we, when, we, when we read something, when we eat something, when we view something, when you do anything in your life, if you're doing it quickly, you, your brain doesn't have the, the ability to go deep into something. And so your brain tells you, wait, this isn't working. Let me get the next thing. So if I'm, if I'm at, a, at, a, at a party and I speak to somebody, I can get a lot of satisfaction from that conversation. But if my brain goes, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Next person, next person. I'll go the whole night and speak to 30 people and nobody can give me that level of satisfaction because I'm going too quickly. I'm moving too quickly. That thing that we walk around with, that sends us messages 24-7, it's great. We're informed, but it pulls us away from walking a street and thinking, from sipping a cup of coffee and being like, this is amazing, from having a thought or reading something or engaging in wisdom at a level where I can connect to it at a deep level because it's now in those moments do I feel that's where the passion comes in. And so and I'll, there's so many. I just want to give you two. Please. Just slowing down in everything in life. Like I'm, and what I try to do with myself is I try when I go through my day to like almost mentally like picture, like I'm walking and slow my pace. Mm. I'm talking to you, my brain, I'm trying to like slow it. If I'm with my family, if I'm doing anything, because once you slow your pace in anything in life, you are now connecting deeply and now you are feeling something much deeper, more passionate to the thing you're connecting to. The second thing, and this comes to a more personal thing, is that we think there is some place to go. We think there's someone to be. We believe that like, I got to get to the end of the race. 
and I got to be that person because it's in that world that I become. There's no place to go. It's the journey that's the place to go. Mm. So we're always so like concerned about like, am I doing the right thing? Are people seeing me this way? Am I hitting this, this level? Like we're always assuming that there's something else that's going to give me the thing that I want. There's nothing else. It's here. It's not just slowing down to slowing down. It's slowing down to recognize that I have to allow myself to be engaged in this moment because this is where I'm supposed to be. God wants me where I am. Now I have to delve and I have the permission to feel where I am and to be happy with that. There are people that don't allow themselves to feel passionate because that doesn't give them the thing that's in their head when what's in front of them is giving them the passion, but they just won't allow it. They won't allow them to, to experience something because it's getting in the way of what they originally thought they have to get to. Mm. If you slow down and if you realize that the destination really is the journey, which really are two sides of the exact same coin, you can breathe. And when you can breathe, you can be you. And when you can be you, you can feel. And when you can feel, that's when you start to like open up. And then you just let that passion in. Just don't be scared. Just let, and then you'll see. Mm-hmm. Anybody, no matter where they are, you don't got to be like charismatic. You, you don't got to, just got to be a human being and you'll feel more passion. Those are some fantastic points. I mean, I, I'm hearing a lot of mindfulness, a lot of gratitude, of course, a lot of slowing down. It reminds me of that uh, quote that says, life is not about, life is not a problem, problem to be solved, but a journey to be experienced. Yeah. And and that is, it's, you know, I'm, I totally relate to that. And I, and I wonder, are there moments, you know, I know a lot of our listeners are, you know, are, gonna, are Jewish. And I wonder, are there times through that, are we taught this? Are we taught about mindfulness? Are we taught about slowing down? Are we, where I feel like there's always this, this rush, this thing to the next, to the next, to the next, not to really think of self, but of others. How do we tie this into what, the way we're brought up? I'm thinking also about the, the mother with six kids. What are you telling me to slow down? How could I slow down? I've got so much going on in my life. Yeah. How, can, how can we adapt these, these, these truths that you just mentioned, capital T's, into, into, these, into this life or lifestyle that I feel like a lot of us are brought up in? Yeah. You know, what's amazing about religion, it's all religions, um, but I only know them because the only religion that I'm familiar with is Judaism, but I'm sure this applies to whoever's listening from any background. There's two ways that one experiences a a religion. And one is using it as a path to go deeper. And one is using it as a way to get more physical. So a lot of people use Judaism as just, um, as almost like a a barrier to what I really want in life. I got my goals and I got this thing in the middle. It's a culture, it's a custom and it sort of gets in my way and it's another thing to do. I have to do this, 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 this. and along the way, I also got to do five other things because I happen to be Jewish and happens to be Shabbat or it's Pesach and I got to eat this or I got to pray. It's really not getting me into the rabbit hole of, of spirituality. It's just like another thing on the cultural list that I have. And I bought into it because as a kid, they told me like, if I really want to become wealthy, I got to like, you know, pray to God. If I really want to be healthy to God. So I don't want to get God upset and like, it's, it's a hedge and it's what I do. Then there are people that go, wait, wait, wait a second. This world is deeper. 
there's something else going on over here. This can't be like a race to stuff. Even good stuff, getting kids to school. There's got to be something else going on here. And what I do every day is really the path to something that's deeper. So, for example, Shabbat was built to get us to stop, to get us to realize that there's depth in everything. And if I can't slow down, I'm never going to get it. Praying, mornings and nights, built. Every holiday, every moment is pregnant with spirituality. And what rituals do and what religions are supposed to do is be basically an exercise program. It's the gym for the soul. I go to the gym from my body and I do certain exercises to build muscles of my body. Religion is the gym for the soul. I do other things, but what they're supposed to be is a journey inside. And if you really look at the lens of, let's say like Judaism, you'll see that God is telling us constantly, slow down, slow down every seven days, slow down every morning, slow down, say this word, slow down. You're about to eat slow down, like take, take a deep breath, watch what you're doing. Like it, I can almost hear God every morning saying, Charlie, slow down because this food has spirituality and this day has spirituality. And if you don't delve in, you're not going to taste anything. But we have to look at it that way and we have to hear it that way. And not every teacher tells us that. But whether you're the mom with, with many kids or you were the dad running around, wherever you are, if you, if you use the program correctly, absolutely. You can live in this world, have a lot of stuff, but connect to it in a deep way and be fully passionate. But if you don't, you can be doing a lot of things and it's not really doing much for you. But that's the choice you make. Well said, well said. And, and, and I, I was reading, prepping, of course, for this uh, credible occasion to be having you in the podcast. And, and it's it sort of talk, you talk about this in one of your articles, which you wrote four lessons, four lessons entrepreneurs can take from the kids going back to school. And yeah. you talk about this idea of recovery in the sense yeah. of like, you know, we have these breaks, you know, kids have these breaks, they have summer breaks, they have these little vacations and they go back and they delve into life, into learning, into growing. And that's something that we can adapt as, as entrepreneurs, but even in our own life, um, as, as we're growing and hustling and moving, it's time, we should have these times to stop, take a break, slow down. What yeah. is that balance, though, between you know, slowing down, taking that needed break, and also work ethic, going, hustling in this, in this world that we live in of like, go, 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 Gary V's, and you know, I only sleep four hours. You sleep four hours, I sleep three hours. How do we balance that between the hustle, that which – society says that we need to do to succeed or to grow and the time that was needed to listen and to go deeper? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's very deep. Um, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the bravado of not sleeping. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not suggesting anyone in particular said it or didn't say it, but I'm not a big fan of the, of the bravado. I remember, um, you know, years ago, people would send me clips of a guy named Ari Gold. He was on the show. Um, Entourage. Entourage, right. And, and people would like send me these clips of him because like there's, there's, there's a bravado of like two phones yelling, screaming, like it, it's great for, for TV. <laughs> it's disastrous for life. It's disastrous for life. Life is being a sniper, not being a machine gunist. Life is playing the long game, not the short game. 
if you, I spend my life in the business world. I, 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 I work with companies. I build companies. I, I, I assist with companies. I, I live my life in, in, in the world of, of, of companies. It's great business people always are playing the long game. There's a lot of companies that rise and fall over the course of a year or a few years, and they don't last because it's this bravado. It's this gas all the way. And if you look at great CEOs and great leaders and, and ones that last over time, they, they think they, they app, they're, they're super disciplined. They're super focused. They're not wasting a minute, but they're more focused. And I heard this from my rabbi when I was in yeshiva years ago and after my year in high school, he said, being a great student in, in learning is not about learning 23 hours a day. It's about learning 60 minutes an hour, right? When you look at someone's life that's really good, they're not maximizing the amount of hours because they recognize that if I'm going to make it in the long game, I'm actually going to speak to my wife because I want a real marriage. And I know I'm working when I'm younger, but I also want this woman to like, like me when I get old, when I'm younger and when I get older, like, and like, I'm not going to blow my kids' lives out because like I'm building a business because guess what? I only got them in the house for 15, 16, 17 years. And you know what happens after I build a business? Like I want kids and I want grandkids. Like they're not thinking like, oh my God, go, 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 go. They got their heads like, wait, I'm, I'm playing the long game. And what they're doing is they're maximizing the hour. People that play the short game and I'm, and, and I hope we can really get underneath. This is great. And I hope that I'm, I'm explaining this right. <laughs> and, I, and I hope people are hearing this right because it could change. When I got this, it changed me. If you want to know if you're playing long games and short games, two things to remember. How urgent is your day? Most things in life that are important are not urgent. There are things in life that are urgent. If you're an ER doctor, things are urgent. If you're not sala, things are urgent. And by the way, if you're a human being, sometimes... Ur- if you're a regular human being, most of your life isn't urgent. If you're feeling stressed all day, it's because you're not thinking the long game. Mm. You're not putting things in place. You're not thinking through how do I operate in my life? How do I do things earlier on so that when the deadline comes, I'm not blown out? How do I plan my week? How do I use time to think and not act? Do I journal? Do I analyze? That thinking takes life and allows us to focus on things that are important and not things that are urgent. If you're always in the urgent, most likely you're working on things that are not long-term important. And number two, how many minutes an hour are you productive? This is major. Most people, they'll work 20 hour days, let's say. So much stuff in there is wasted time and they're not careful. And, and then like, you know, there's a bravado and, you know, not sleeping, but really great people they're thinking towards the future. They're planning things out. They're mindful of their lives. They're mindful not only of the first move, but of the next five moves. And when they do something, they're not checking their phone seven times. They're all in. They're all in. He spoke flow. This is Mihai Chikpitsen Mihai, who was the author of flows. This is his whole point, which is if you're all in, you can get much more accomplished in less time. But if I'm, if I'm doing something and I'm checking my phone every five minutes, I'm not really all in. And so that's really that deliberate, thoughtful investment of time and thinking to the future. That's where great people last for, for decades. And if 
especially if you're younger, and if you're older, it doesn't really matter. You don't want to be great for a few years and then deal with the repercussions of that for the rest of your life, like lots of people do. You want to be great for your life. And that's, that's long. And you got to sleep for that too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well said. Well said. So you're super anti-multitasking to what it sounds like and oh. to be so specific in what it is that you're doing. I've realized this exercise where, I'll, where if my phone is close by, I'll literally just go for it. And I'll be like, wait a second, why am I right now scrolling on Instagram when I keep the phone away, from, away yeah. from my computer, away from the, the tasks that I'm doing? I'll, I'll see my hand go for where my phone yeah. would be. Yeah. Like, wait, it's just air. It's not there anymore. And just A, shows me how addicted I am to my technology. Yeah. And, but two, also it just helps me refocus now. Okay, boom, I snapped out for a second. I'm back to the task at hand. Yeah. And, uh, and like you say, yeah. working a solid 15 minutes within that hour and, or just breezing through an hour, touching on some things, of for course, sure. a lot more it's done in, that, in those 15 minutes. And it's beautiful because I've been reading your Unlocking Greatness. Book. Oh, thank you. Look at that. I, and it's a fantastic book for those who haven't read it yet. I, I do recommend getting Charlie's book, Unlocking Greatness. Thank you. And, uh, and in, in, in amongst its pages, you do break down a day and, and have a, a platform in which you could fill out uh, how that plan out that day uh, ahead, which is yeah. which, so much. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Sometimes I speak to people, especially like, you know, uh, CEO types and they call me like during the day and I don't pick up the phone and they're like upset. They're like, I, I tried to reach you. I'm like, yeah. They're like I couldn't. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm so, I, yeah, you couldn't reach me. I'm going to meet. And they're like, shut. but I called you. I'm like, <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that you called me, but like, I, I don't just walk around with the thing ready to make And they're shocked. They're like, what do you mean? You don't just answer the phone until it rings? I'm like, no, I don't. I don't even have my phone next to me for most of my day. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, how am I going to talk to somebody else if, if, if the phone rings and I pick the phone for you? Like, and I'm at meetings sometimes, I kid you not, and someone will answer a phone like seven or eight times. And I'm like, are you, forget that. I'm a human being. Like we're talking to somebody. Like you understand? Like if it's your dad or your mom, like I, or your wife, I get it. Like just like oh hi yeah sure uh uh no I'm gonna I'll call you back. We have no idea that like this is normal. That people think that being interrupted a hundred times a day is not totally taking away our ability to have meaningful relationships, to actually think. And to come up with stuff that's really different. It's a total game that the world has thrown on us mm. and it's, it's, it's holding us back. And just to call it out is worth it, I think. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of value in what you're saying. It's, it's, it is quite incredible. And, and you, you do expand upon a lot of these ideas. I mean, what can, what can one share within a 45-minute a podcast? I mean, in your book, Unlocking Greatness, and of course, a lot of the incredible knowledge you share online. I, I highly recommend people to, to delve deeper into your, into your work, into your sharing. Uh, with just a few more minutes on the clock, I do want to just touch on what do you think, Charlie, uh, is a challenge that the generation after you is coming up against? What is something that, you know, my generation or, you know, aka millennial slash generation Z, the one after myself, what is something that, uh, that from your, from, from your, bird's eye view in a way, do you see that's coming up, that we're coming up against a challenge that perhaps you haven't come across? And, and how would you say we could combat that? So I think first thing is the speed that we spoke about. I, I didn't grow up with this much speed. Um, I've adapted pretty quickly, but we all have, but it's not like being an, a, a native. Um, 
you have to be, you have to be mindful of speed. I, I, I want to explain that. I believe that the millennial and the, the Z generation could literally change the world. And, and let me tell you why. Let me tell you your greatness. And then we can talk about some of the challenges. Sure. When I grew up, I grew up, I mean, I'm not a hundred years old, right? Like I'm in my forties. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm older, but You're not young that buck. old. So I, but I didn't grow up with, with this, with the internet, right? The internet hit the marketplace when I was at high school. So I grew up like my first Blackberry was Blackberry when I started working. Um, we never had ideas of doing a program that had a thousand people. Like how, what's a thousand people? There's, there's, there's 150 kids in your school. Like who else do you know? Like who do I, and how many phone calls do I have to make to get a thousand people? Like we never even had concepts of doing anything that, had three zeros forget four forget like a hundred like these words were not meant for human beings they were meant for networks so there still is some level of respect that we have for big numbers people that grew up with the internet in their hands they are so they have the ability to be such big thinkers because you grew up in a world where you learned that one idea can reach the world. Big thinking. Your generation, Generation Z, has an implanted ability to think big. It's tremendous. Mm. When you think big, you do big things. Big. And, but, and with that, what, com- yeah, what comes with that chat? What comes with that? <laughs> there's, two, there's two or three things you have to be careful of. Number one, speed. You can literally, and I've seen this happen to young people, you can literally destroy the most important things in your, in your life just because you needed a million miles an hour. You can literally marry somebody, spend most of your time staring at that phone, not understanding just what a relationship means when you're eye to eye with somebody and not get why I don't have the depth that I crave because I, I, I live in a world that operates a million miles an hour. Number two, there's a certain, there's a certain thing that exists today that I, I want to uncover, which is called the addiction of celebrity. When you grow up and you only have television, I grew up with television. I waited for eight o'clock for anyone who's listening. That's my age. You and waited older. for a show. What's I that waited mean? For, yeah, exactly. And it was like eight o'clock Cosby, or it was like the grow, growing pit. The celebrities were the few people that lived in a few places that you never met. Michael Jordan was a celebrity. Today, you post any picture of yourself. You have a small little ecosystem. Everybody likes it. And you get a smell of celebrityness. Great. But it's addictive and it can lead somebody off the deep end. The idea that my life needs to be valued by other people constantly could lead me to look at my image and say, my image is the most important thing I have. Because I'm always being valued. I'm always being evaluated. I'm always being, if I have a new dress on, it's only valuable if I get the same amount of likes that I got the last time I put on a new dress. If I give a talk or I say something or I share something or I make, take a picture of my family. If I go on vacation with my friends, 
the value in part is by who I can share it with. I can't have an experience because I'm thinking, wait, can I share this experience with everybody and tell everybody to like this experience? What ends up happening is the celebrity need, the image need becomes implanted into our neuroplasticity and our brains start to crave it. And then we start serving our image and not our true purpose. Now, if you can combine big thinking with being real and authentic, like to go full circle a little bit, to be, you can do anything. I mean, anything. If you search for wisdom and you search for depth and you delve into yourself and you fight for the soul with the platforms that we have, we can literally light people's light up, but we can take the same platforms and instead settle for speed, lack of depth and lack of depth and celebrity. And we're, and we end up really never feeling like we've arrived, never feeling like we've made it, always chasing some phantom thing and doing it in front of so many people. And that's, that's a real risk because as the generations go, they say in the depth of spirituality, it says that God, I've heard this from a close friend of mine, Rabbi Rubenstein. He said, as the generation go, God reveals more of his deep light. That means that as generations continue, there's a lot of light that you can share. And if that's our mission, whatever that means, doesn't mean you have to be giving classes, but if that's our mission, man, you can change the world. But it also means that we can entrench into ourselves and end up really just chasing some fantasy that doesn't give us any real pleasure. That to me, I think is the, is the greatest risk and the greatest opportunity. Mm. That's incredible. You, you touch on that in a, in a beautiful way. And also in your book, you mentioned how the, uh, like you mentioned earlier, like the three-year-old, right? They're in play. They're not thinking about, they're in the present moment. And somewhere along the line, you mentioned like you, you bring your, your seven-year-old to the bus and she doesn't want her beanie. It's cold outside. She doesn't want Thank her you. beanie because yes, you know, you. like That's she right. wants to have a certain look. It's not cool. Thank she'd you. rather do physical harm to herself. It's cold outside. Wear the beanie, but she'd rather do physical harm to herself, get sick, but rather that her image, yes. she should look good. Yes. And that sort of, that, that whole, you know, look, are in, looking a certain way rather than being a certain way has gotten exactly. a lot more important. And to, exactly. to, to change that, to shift that uh, mindset is, I think yeah. brings a lot of, a lot of mental, spiritual and, and physical yes. growth and health. Yes. Yeah. I, I wanted to make sure that, um, that you guys know about, you know, I, I because of the, the daily stuff, I do a show every morning called the daily boost. It's 9am live on zoom and on, on, on Facebook. Um, and, and, and the reason we do it every day it's just 20 minutes a day. It's because this is the stuff that we have to all talk about together. And it's not something that we get and move on with. So I'll send you a link if you want to share it. Great. Um, but I, I just wanted to mention it because, because we're doing it a, but more importantly, because I don't want anyone to think that anybody can just get this, you know, like, you know, Zig Ziglar once said, inspiration is like showering. It's so important. You got to do it every day. Like <laughs> this is the stuff that doesn't you don't just get it i'm like got it oh right yeah uh, no you do it and do it and do it this is the diet yeah. that is critical so i just wanted to share that and 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 you're doing so much and 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 you're doing this and 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 we're all grateful for it because you're reminding us how important it is to be bigger all the time, right? You're not stopping. You're not, you're not, you're not done. You look how much light you've brought to this world. And you're not like, I'm done. Hmm. Right. Cause every time you bring light, what you're doing is saying, I could wait, 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 I could bring more light. Right. And I can almost see it in your eyes when yeah. you're 
doing something, a video, a speech, something that you're doing. And like, I can almost see the twinkle in your eyes going like, I just lit somebody up. I just lit someone up. Right. And you're going, that was amazing. I'm just lighting people up all day. Right. I can almost, and because you're doing that, people want to watch you. Uh It's not because you're starving for celebrity. It's not because you need someone to watch you. It's because you're saying, that was amazing. I just lit someone up. Crazy. And everyone's going, I want to do what Mary Kay just did. <laughs> whatever that was, that, felt, that looked amazing. But yeah. they don't realize that everyone has their own way of lighting somebody up. Totally. We just got to be us. And, and when we're on fire, we light people on fire. Once you get into that, that am I wrong? Oh Once my gosh, Charlie, you're you nailing it. it. There's so much, there's so much life that happens when I'm, when I'm, when I'm out there on the street, when I'm connecting with him or being on a, on a more larger, talking to a couple hundred people, or if it's that one-on-one interaction, just doing it, just doing the thing, giving them a hug, high five, sharing some sort of con- uh, information with the, there's, I get filled with so much joy and, and, and it does like sort of everything gets aligned. I'm like, this is the reason why I am here. And yeah. to feel more of that is that becomes a bit addicting. And when, when I, when it's, and when, but when it's focused on the other, right. Self is yes. other that, that is like sort of the paradox of life. If I focus on myself only, it's going to be detrimental to my, to my well-being. If I'm, if I focus on the other, then I get filled up as well. And of course, spreading light too. And that, that, that truth has really, kept me going. And the more you feel it, right, the more you want to do it. It just keeps on like, oh my God. And, and every time I hit a ceiling, that becomes a floor. I'm like, okay, what else can I do? What, how else can I share this message? And just keep challenging myself as well as, yeah. as, as you know, as you know. And you can see it and you can see it. When I watch your videos and I see you on the street corner, I'm thinking, I can never do that. I can never like walk into a super, I can never do the things that you do really. Like I watched the video of you. I watched all your videos. I love your stuff. And I watched one of the videos once and like you walked around Central Park, like giving out candy to people. And I'm like, I would never do that. I would never, <laughs> ever stop by a street. I would never. And I'm thinking like, cause it's not my job. I have my stuff. And maybe I, maybe I'm truth is to be honest. Maybe I'm just like holding myself back. Maybe I'm really playing. Maybe I could do it, but I'm not allowing myself to, but just for the purpose of this, this exact point, it doesn't matter. You're, the point is when you give to somebody else in your unique way, you light up. And that's what I think what people are attracted to, Mary. I think because when we watch you on a screen, we see your face light up. Yeah, this stranger lights up for sure. But when we see your face light up, we go, this guy's real. And this is exactly the point. With the platforms that are available today, if everybody would just light someone else's life up in their unique way, whether the world sees them or not, they'll light up. And that lighting up, them being on fire is the greatest gift we can get from them. That's it. Because watching another human being on fire is is the greatest thing that we can see. Because we're watching godliness come out of a human being. And if we, we can be channels for that, my gosh, that's it. Charlie, you've lit in my light, life up today, and I'm sure to many of the listeners who are going to be listening to this podcast, and unfortunately for you, you won't be able to actually see their reactions, but know well that they felt, they're feeling the light uh, seep through them. So thank you so much for sh- jumping on the podcast, for sharing your wisdom, sharing your passion, and uh, how can people find you, Charlie? Where can they find you and how to connect with you? So I, the, the honest truth is, if you send them a link, um, I do this daily boost every single day. Um, I'm on fa- I, my website is still in process of being regenerated now. So the best thing, honestly, would be any social media platform. 
Facebook, Instagram. Um, at Charlie Harari? At Charlie Harari. It's C-H-A-R-L-I-E-H-A-R-A-R-Y. Um, and like I said, we have a show every morning at 9 a.m. live Eastern time with God's help six days a week where we do this for a few minutes. Um, we do something every Friday. Um, and it's just really, a, it's a process of building a community to grow together. There's no answers. It's just trying to put the right people around that want to be better every day and, and try to make God proud of us. That's the game. Just try to make him proud. Thank you so much, Charlie. Incredible. And like I mentioned in the middle of the podcast, Unlocking Greatness, Charlie Harari's book is out. You can find it on Amazon or through his website. Definitely a great read. Charlie, thank you so much for showing up the way you do in this world. And last question for the podcast, what is a great day for you? Great day? Um, really, honestly, it's a day that I go to bed thinking that I did what I, what I think God wanted of me. Every day could be different. Usually there's a challenger way that comes that if you overcome it, you know, that was made the day worth it. But really it's, it's, it's feeling like the inside and the outside matched that you did what was right, not was what was convenient and not what was just good for oneself. And uh, to me, each day is different. Um, And there's no one day that fits except for the feeling that the inside matches the outside. That would be a great day. Awesome. Charlie, thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks for what you do. Continue shining your light, man. We're all so proud and, and uh, you're, you're, you're changing the world. So continue doing what you're doing. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Charlie Harari, for taking the time to jumping on the podcast, sharing your passion and wisdom with us. We definitely need a Charlie Harari podcast part two, which will be coming soon. And on that note, every Monday's a new podcast episode is released. So be sure to subscribe. And if you found any value in this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. It goes a long, long way. And I want to thank kosherwine.com. Kosherwine.com is the world's largest kosher wine retailer. They have it all. They have it all. So whatever you need when it comes to wine, be sure to check them out at kosherwine.com. And for a limited time, you could use the coupon code MayorK for 5% off any order at kosherwine.com. So check them out. We thank you. And of course, until next time, stay positive, be happy. I'm Mayor K. Have a great day.